And now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines and simple keywords with Adam joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lena. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. We're almost there. Almost. Almost. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. All right, let's so open. Far, uh, no. What's the phrase? Uh, so close yet so far. <laughs> That's the phrase I was looking for. Yeah. Such a difficult phrase. <laughs> it is. I don't First know why I couldn't think of it. Yeah. Oh, it's too early. All right. Oh. Let's jump into our keyword news version of the day. We're going to try to clarify these major headlines for our listeners. If you're all settled in and ready. I am. I am. Okay. I'm raring to go. Okay. This is our first keyword of the day. National security strategy. So the UN administration has released its first national security strategy. It highlights North Korea's advancing nuclear development as the most pressing threat on the peninsula. Can you tell us the details? Yeah, it's no surprise, really. The UN administration has become a, a very hardline government uh, against uh, North Korea uh, and pretty much doing a 180 on what the previous Moon Jae-in government did mm. as well. So that uh, it, it highlighted the North Korean weapons threat as a pressing issue, but it also omitted some of the uh, things that were mentioned in the previous version of that national security strategy. Mm. Now, this strategy consists of a booklet, basically. It's 107 pages in Korean and 150 pages uh, in English. It goes to show that uh, anything translated from Korean to English uh, takes a bit longer. Uh, and it marks the... <laughs> I don't know why I said that. But, uh, yeah. It marks the uh, first update in five years. The latest one highlights Korea's vision uh, to become a global pivotal state for freedom, peace and prosperity, as it states. Now, in contrast to the previous Moon administration's emphasis on prioritizing peace through a peaceful approach to the North Korean nuclear issue, the new guideline focuses on strengthening the Korea-U.S. alliance, enhancing Korea-U.S.-Japan trilateral security cooperation and promoting the normalization of inter-Korean relations based on what it calls principles. Now, it identifies that North Korea issues as the most pressing security challenge, as you said. It adds that it is more critical than ever to strengthen the military's defense capabilities and reinforce a robust ROK-US combined uh, defense posture. Now, the former guidelines stated that a peaceful resolution um, of the North Korean nuclear issue was uh, becoming visible, referring to uh, the various summits, the inter-Korean one and mm. the US-North Korea summit at that time as well. But um, it didn't have any description of the North Korean nuclear threat and mm. didn't really specify it as a threat. Now, the new strategy also does not include the declaration of the end of the Korean War, something that was in the previous one, as well as a peace agreement as well. So those things mm. have been taken out. Uh, those things were in the former administration's uh, security strategy. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, so basically the former one was about peace through dialogue. The right. new one is basically trying to establish peace through a bit more of a military strengthening. Okay. The approach towards Korea-Japan relations has also, of course, undergone a major shift from that of the previous government. And, of course, a booklet also reflects that. Yeah, so again, no surprise. Uh, various efforts have been made by the current administration to kind of better ties with Japan. It's been quite controversial, mm. uh, actually, and a bit divisive. Uh, now, the revised guideline emphasizes the importance 
of sharing universal values with Japan and pushing for a forward-looking cooperative partnership. We've been looking at, we're hearing that phrase forward-looking for quite uh, often and frequently under the current administration. Now, notably, the specific mention of Korea's resolute response to historical distortion and unjust assertions concerning the uh, talk to islets, for example, as stated in the previous strategy book under the Moon administration, has been omitted this time. So yet another omission regarding that. Now, other challenges uh, include intensifying US-China strategic competition and emerging security issues such as supply chain stabilization, uh, climate change and cyber warfare. Now, regarding China, the paper called uh, to foster a healthier and more mature relationship built on mutual respect and reciprocity. And now, President Yu wrote in the preface that clashes of values, ideas and interests around the globe are shaking the existing world mm. order anchored in rules and principles, quote-unquote. And he added that, quote, in light of these challenges, the concept of national security can no longer be limited to the prevention of external threats and invasions, unquote. Now, Yoon said the key to the country's future lies in developing a national security strategy that anticipates approaching changes and maximizes the interests of the nation and mm. its people. All right, with that, we move on to the economy section. Uh, this is OECD's outlook on the state of the global economy. This is our second keyword of the day. Growth outlook cut. So the OECD has cut this year's economic growth outlook for Korea, despite an upward revision of its global economic outlook. Bleak. Run us through the details. Yeah, so unfortunately, yes, another economic-related uh, story that uh, isn't rosy, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, it did revise down the forecast from 1.6% uh, uh, to 1.5%. It cited high interest rates and the weak housing market, especially. Now, the OECD has already lowered its growth estimate for Korea from 2.5% uh, back in June uh, 2022 to 2.2% in September, then 1.8% in November last year to 1.6% in March this year. And now we're seeing another downward revision. Now, the OECD's latest forecast is on a par with dominant projections here and abroad, uh, the IMF included. Um, now that uh, Korea's growth will slow down to the mid 1% level this year from the 2% range uh, last year. Nevertheless, it's a disappointing uh, outlook considering the OECD projected that the global economy, as you said, is on a recovery track. The mm. OECD revised up its global economic growth forecast to 2.7%. Uh, up from uh, the previous 2.6%. It even lowered next year's growth forecast for Korea to 2.1% from its previous estimate of 2.3%. But if we look at those numbers, it is uh, it looks like, um, or the OECD forecast, that there will be an uptick in the mm. overall growth. Uh, but it did maintain its outlook for the global economy, though, at 2.9%. So compared to the global economic growth, Korea's growth is... Uh, relatively lower. Now, the OECD assessed weakened global demand noticeably for semiconductors, a key export item, um, and that it dampened exports considerably for Korea 
along with sluggish demand from China, although it did add that uh, a reopening of China's economy may help down the line. Mm. Now, it added that together with a weak exchange rate since early last year, noticeably against the US dollar, this has resulted in a trade deficit, something that has been going on for a long time now. It went on to say that elevated debt servicing burdens and a sluggish a housing market will continue to weigh on private consumption and investment in the short term. It, however, said consumer spending is recovering after the lifting of pandemic restrictions. Uh, inflation in Korea was projected at 3.4% for this year. That's down from the previous outlook of 3.6% back in March. It's still warned that inflation will ease only moderately, um, pointing out that the prices of utilities and services are poised to rise, electricity prices being one of them. Mm. Uh, the OECD, meanwhile, viewed the government's proposed ceiling on fiscal uh, deficit and pension reform would help to limit the build-up of fiscal pressure. It said the pension reform to be announced in the second half of the year should help to secure adequate retirement income and fiscal sustainability. It also noted that the government will also target vulnerable groups more directly by addressing gaps and weaknesses in the social safety net and enhancing incentives for energy savings, uh, also citing the extended fuel tax cuts as well. All right, with that, we move on to our third keyword of the day. Tech theft crackdown. It's a question that has been rampant and around for, for as long as I can remember, years. Do SMEs have a fighting chance against these behemoths in the tech industry? The government and ruling party have decided to strengthen the punishment of conglomerates stealing ideas or technology from smaller companies. Can you tell us the details? Yeah, it happens a lot more often than uh, many people think. And it mm. certainly is an issue that uh, the government and the ruling party want to address, hence why they decided to uh, strengthen the upper limits of punitive damages from three times to five times the actual amount of damages caused. Now, Pak Tal, a PPP lawmaker, said that the decision came after a meeting with startups and government officials. He said the government and the PPP agreed to lay the institutional groundwork and create a social atmosphere to deal sternly with illegal acts of technology theft. They also discussed offering SMEs expert consulting on legal issues, uh, as well as coming up with systems that can warn of possible tech theft and help companies secure evidence related to that. Now, they also plan to launch a platform, what they're calling the One-Stop Technology Safety Gateway. This is where companies can receive integrated support from ministries. Now, the government plans to significantly strengthen policy coordination and support among relevant ministries and agencies across all stages of technology threat, all the way from uh, prevention uh, to investigation and mm. dispute resolution, and afterwards as well in post-relief uh, policies. So those police uh, post-relief policies include um, systems where they can secure uh, and manage uh, any funds that these uh, SMEs right. might uh, lose out on and other measures as well. All right, it sounds to be a good start, but we'll keep tabs on the story because it's just developing. And on to our fourth keyword of the day. FA50 rollout. So as we discussed on the segment before, South Korean companies, of course, begun to wade into the global arms market to fill this gap in the international arms shortage. Now, the first Korean FA-50 fighter jets that will be exported to Poland have been rolled out in a ceremony that highlighted the two countries' growing defense industry ties. 
Yeah, so weaponry and uh, defense uh, or mm. arms exports have been another key item that the UN administration has been looking to, along with uh, kind of nuclear energy and power uh, exports as well. Now, the ceremony took place at the headquarters of Korea Aerospace Industries in Sacheon in South Gyeongsang province. The KAI is scheduled to deliver 12, the first batch of FA-50s, before the end of the year. That's part of a contract it signed with Poland's armaments agency to supply Warsaw with 48 FA-50 aircraft in total. Now, the aircraft are formally designated uh, or named as FA-50GF. Now, the GF stands for uh, Gap Filler, highlighting the jet's intended role as replacements for Poland's uh, aging fleet, so basically filling uh, the gap. Now, the ceremony was attended <laughs> by uh, Defence Minister Idrosov uh, and his Polish counterpart. He noted the quick transition uh, from the signing of KAI's contract with Warsaw and the actual rollouts of the first batch of FA-50 jets. He said it was not only because the company is outstanding because of the uh, company's outstanding technology and production capacity, but also the trust between the two countries, as well as Poland's determination. Uh, his Polish counterpart said that swift production has bolstered his country's ongoing rearmament. Um, they also saw live-fire demonstrations as well of Korea's uh, latest artillery. Um, now, the other 36 FA-50 jets that are scheduled for delivery between 2025 and 2028 will be an upgraded version named the FA-50PL. Now, the two defence chiefs, meanwhile, agreed to further strengthen and broaden the scope of defence cooperation between their countries, and they also discussed ways to conduct combined military exercises and promote military-to-military -military exchanges as well. So not just trying to seek military tries with the U.S., but other countries like Poland. Mm. And with that, we move on to our final keyword of the day. Government union tensions. So the Federation of Korean Trade Unions has boycotted a communication channel with the government. It's a move that further escalates tensions between the laborers and the union administration, uh, of course, in the name of labor reform. What's the latest? Yeah, so we kind of had a, a teaser of this or a mm. possibility that they will walk away from it in a, a previous segment uh, on this show. And uh, they certainly went on to uh, suspend that uh, communication channel uh, or their links with the channel anyway. Now, the FKTU is walking away from what's called the Economic, Social and Labour Council. It's basically a consultation body between the government, uh, business and labour sectors to find kind of consensus on controversial uh, labor issues, minimum wage, for example. Now, the FKTU is considered the uh, more moderate of the two umbrella unions mm. and is the only one that has been acting as the labor part of this council, but it has been locking horns with the union governments over a series of recent labor reform plans, including a planned loosening of the 52-hour uh, work week, but more um, recently, uh, one regarding the uh, kind of crackdown or what they see is a strong crackdown of, of one of their uh, members. Now, um, it also, also has been mulling whether to withdraw from the council since uh, it, that member sustained an injury as well from that crackdown during mm. a sit-in rally. Now, the president of the FKTU, Kim Dong-myung, said although the decision is a suspension, the union leadership can decide to pull out completely from the council at any time 
uh, if deemed necessary. Uh, still, the decision is not indefinitely to withdraw from the consultative body, but to temporarily stop the discussions mm. conducted under it. Uh, now, the union accused authorities of being overly forceful in clamping down on some members of the union. This is the first time uh, in seven years that the FKTU has withdrawn um, from the discussion body. It withdrew during the Pakane administration and returned during the previous Moon administration, and now it can possibly go um, back out from the Yoon administration as well. Now, this has put a dent, of course, in the ongoing negotiations on Next year's minimum wage, uh, the council expressed regrets over the union's decision and it said it hopes the FKTU will come back to the dialogue table to solve uh, labour reform tasks. Thank you very much, Adam, for today's coverage. I know you have tomorrow off, so have a lovely long weekend. Certainly <laughs> <laughs> will. Thank you very much. See you next Monday. <laughs> Hope you have a great weekend as well and the rest of the week. See you next week. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.